Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We're going to give you the final results from the RVK Coaches Royal Rumble. We're going to do our pop culture. Does ketchup go on hot dogs? Hot topic on Twitter. The RVK joins the fray. We have the Eric Martin interview assistant coach for WVU basketball, former Cincinnati Bearcat. He's very integrated with Coach Huggins. Let's see what he had to say about the West Virginia men's basketball team. We're going to talk Issa, Wes, and Hugs. You know we got to talk about Issa, Wes, and Hugs. I did it off my chest that it's very near and dear to my heart. It was on my heart. I had to get it out. If it's in your heart, you got to get it out. And we're going to talk about West Virginia being the 14th winningest program. And the question is, should we be proud of that or should we be embarrassed? The RVK Raspy Voice Kids coming at you. Pop culture time. You know we love to do it. You know we love to shine. This time we're going to shine light on a very important subject. It's something that affects all Americans. You might say this is the most American food. You can enjoy it at any time, but it's especially related to summertime. The, well, it's a blog. Food and Wine had a lot to say about our topic. The question really is, does ketchup belong on a hot dog? Now, the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council... Recently, the what the national hot dog? The what I read it too. The, come on now. They came out in disapproval of adults using adults, mind you. They came out in disapproval of adults using ketchup on hot dogs. They they called it a guide to hot dog etiquette. They decreed that for those eighteen years of age and older, acceptable wiener toppings. I got a problem with that name by itself. Yep, include no, mustard, I was going, I was going relish, onions, cheese, and chili. Shane Lyons told us that he likes his with slaw. Chili and mustard, that's fine. But it said ketchup wasn't the only victim. They also said you're not allowed to dress your bun. You have to dress the dog. Jeremy, how do you feel about this condiment bullying? It's ridiculous. I mean, first of all, ketchup goes on a hot dog. Bottom line, ketchup goes on a hot dog. How you be bougie about a hot dog? Uh, a no-fuss, 
a, a humble thing like a hot dog. It's supposed to be easy. You just throw some ketchup and mustard on it and keep it moving. Now they're giving you all these rules and being bougie. Like when did they have a, a whole council? They have when, a whole council. When did eating a hot dog become a black tie affair? I don't know when it became a black tie no, affair. No, no, no. I, I don't know when it usurped puppies being murdered. I don't know when it usurped kids being in orphanages. But if we're building councils, they need to build councils for that, not on how I eat my hot dog. First of all, I'm a grown man. Don't tread on me. But the other thing I'll say is that I personally like mustard and ketchup on my dog. I like chili on the dog, mustard, ketchup, and, and chili. I don't like coleslaw ever in general, except for I do like, I will tell you, I like vinegar-based uh, coleslaw. You ever have vinegar-based coleslaw? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I like vinegar-based coleslaw, but for me, I'm not putting it on my dog. Um, but it's going to be chili, ketchup, and mustard if it's up to me. What I'll say more than anything else, I don't care what you put on your hot dog. I don't know why people are upset about why what other people put on their hot dog. I don't understand not black tie affair or not. How can you be upset about this? Even the question when people do this question, is a hot dog a sandwich? Now, Jeremy, we don't have to get into that. That'll be for another pop culture. Yeah. But I just feel like people are too emotionally invested in meaningless things. This is not a Pop-Tart. This isn't Lion King versus Toy Story. This isn't even fast food french fries. They need to relax. No. Her name was Janet Riley. She's the president of this, of this uh, group that, that, that you were talking about. And she said at some point, people need to grow up. What? Her nickname is the Queen of Ween. No, no, no. <laughs> Janet Riley has the nerve to talk about people growing up. Her nickname is the Queen of Ween. <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And she ain't talking about off medicine. Now, I'm just saying, like, you trying to be bougie about a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> It just, it kind of reminds me of, now granted, wine is a different thing, but it, it reminds me of all house guests, remember? Yeah. He's in there, yeah. and the guy gets it, and he like swishes around his mouth, and he smells the wine, he goes, yeah, yeah. I like my wine. Wait, wait, Rich. real quick, house guest is Sinbad, and it's Phil, uh, Phil, uh, from uh, SNL, his wife killed him, he killed himself, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he like swishes around his mouth, he smells it, and says, I like my wine rich, mature, full, full, full body. And Sinbad looks at Adam and says, sounds like you need a woman. Exactly. But these people, maybe they don't need a woman, but they need something to do other than talk about the hot dogs. Come on. The queen of ween needs to be the queen to sit down and keep your mouth shut. I feel like like, like they're trying to act like ketchup is a little kid thing. I feel like it's the same thing as pizza saying, oh, there's, you're not allowed to eat pepperoni on a pizza once you get older. You yeah. have to be more. Uh, you have to be more sophisticated. Stop it and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> The Queen of Ween. By the way, it's Sinbad and Phil Hartman. And if you haven't uh, seen that movie, it honestly, it's like an early 90s, mid-90s movie, but it's hilarious. It is cheesy, of course. But that's back in yeah. Sinbad's heyday. <laughs> Phil Hartman, of course, you know him from SNL. You know him from uh, The Simpsons. He's the guy, you know, he's like, you may know me from, he's that guy on, yeah, on The Simpsons. Yeah. Troy McClure. Phil Hartman's a legend, RIP. But you got to check that movie out. More importantly, don't tell people what to put on their hot dog. Right, they this is Eric Martin from the West Virginia men's basketball team, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. A quick disclaimer about this next interview. This was done prior to the ESA and West dismissal. Back to the show. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, here for another RVK Golden Blue interview. The Raspy Voice Kids have Coach Eric Martin with us today. Coach Martin, thank you for joining the Raspy Voice Kids. Brandon, thanks for having me, man. I've heard a lot about your show from Hugs and... uh. It wasn't until we ran into each other at the fish fry that you let me know uh, what you were doing. And I definitely wanted to be on this show. I, I love 
West Virginia. I love basketball. So anytime I get a chance to talk with someone who's a big fan, I'm all in. Well, man, it was good to meet you, too. I'd met you uh, briefly before, but we hadn't gotten a chance to talk like we did at the Fish Fry. And just speaking of the Fish Fry, what an amazing event. Like, you obviously have been a part of this for a long time. How have you seen it evolve? Well, when it started off, it was small. It was really an idea. And anytime you do something that, that helps fund research for cancer, it's a win. But then when you can get as many fans as we do together and are allowed to to have them bid on auction items, I mean, it's a great way to raise money. And let's be honest, it was a good time to just get together and see see some of the people that I hadn't seen in a while. That's, I No, I 100% agree with you, especially when you get to eat good food and maybe have a couple good drinks too. The other thing that I thought was interesting when you talk about raising money, when you get a musket to sell for one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, that's a that's a big strong start to your funding. So that that was really awesome. Yes, it is, and I don't know what the figure is on what we raised that night, but once again, it, it's it's for a great cause. You get a chance to get a bunch of Mountaineer fans together to have a meal, to have a pop or two, and to me, it's like it's a fish fry, but it's really like just a a big party. A big party, and yeah. I, I love it. And you expect nothing less when you're with Coach Hugs, right? No doubt, no doubt. Hugs knows how to, to to host people and throw a party. And I mean, who doesn't like Hugs? So any chance you can get to see him or staff or yet yeah, Jerry West, I mean, this might have been the to me the best fish fry. I know people talk about last year because game day was there and Cal was there, but to me, this was uh hands down the best fish fry of, of all the fish fries that Hugs has had. Yeah, we had we had the you had the logo there. You have the man of the hour, Mr. Neil Brown, was there. This is the first time the Raspy Voice kids were there. It was a nice little nice little storm, perfect little storm. I thought anyway, I was certainly impressed. And there'll be no way that we'll miss it ever again. I guarantee you that. Good, good. Now, Hope to see you there every year. Part of why we have you on the show is because we know who you are, and there are some fans who know who Eric Martin is, who who Larry Harrison is. Um, uh, but not everybody understands who the assistant coaches are, Ron Everhart, for example. Um, and they certainly don't know what it is you guys do. Like in football, you have an offensive coordinator, you have a defensive coordinator. Then you have assistant coaches that are, you know, for specific assignments, safeties or linebackers. What is it you do for Coach Huggins now that you've been coaching with him for 13 seasons? Uh, I'm in charge of the the post players, the big guys, the I guess you would call it the four, the five in basketball terminology. And so I'm in charge with teaching them offensive moves, defensive philosophies from game to game. Or, or we might change what we're doing as far as one game we might be trapping ball screens. The next game we might be uh, hard hedging. So when we have those times to go individual offense and defense, that's all I have with me working on things we need to do to win the game. I also recruit uh, I don't know how other staff do it, but Hugs is, is, is we've been with him long enough to where he trusts us. So it's not like just because I'm coaching the bigs, I recruit only bigs. I recruit bigs, guards, forwards. Uh, you really determine who you recruit by, you know, your your networking, uh, your networking network, really. Who do you know? People, nine times out of ten, most of the kids I've signed, someone has called me and said, hey, I got a kid I want you to look at. And then I go look at them, and then things transpire from there. But if you add into that just being here for our kids, as someone who used to play for Hugs, 
I like to think that I'm also the, the team big brother because what they're going through, I went through because I played for Hugs for two years at Cincinnati. What they're going through, you went through. I think it's a funny way to phrase it. <laughs> but I do like that you get it. You obviously were an outstanding power forward for Cincinnati. Those were teams I grew up with. Um, Nick Van Axel, you got to play with him. You were the part of the all-conference team for the East Regional in your day, so you know what you're talking about when it comes to coaching big men. This is not, you know, they say people who can't do teach. Well, you can do and you can teach. So you're not you're not just talking it. You were able to walk it. And, they, and like I say, you have it on paper. You got it on film. They can go back and see Coach Martin knows what he's talking about. Yeah, not only that, but I was fortunate enough to play basketball after college for nine years and – uh, what I try and do is teach our guys, you know what? I teach them things that I had a hard time guarding, moves that I couldn't stop. And I like to believe I, I'm not Dennis Rodman or, or Kawhi Leonard, but I like to believe I was a pretty good defensive player. And I try and teach guys moves that gave me problems. So we start from there with a simple move and then expand from there. I'm a, I'm a big believer, at least for post guys. You always start out with a go-to move and then you have a counter move. Once you develop those two moves, those can mushroom into other moves. But you have to. This goes from Joe Alexander, Kevin Jones, Devin Williams, Sags. You have to first get a go-to move that you're comfortable with shooting when the game is on the line. When you get that go-to move, get a counter move. At that point, now you just need to read how the defense is playing you and do one of those moves when, it's, when, it's, when need be. Yeah, that, it's such a simple philosophy, but it seems like there are a lot of players who never develop that because their go-to move is so good that they never consider learning the secondary move. So that I love that, that you have that as a philosophy. Yeah, and the reality is all the really, really good ones, Joe Alexander, the, all the names I just mentioned, those guys were so hungry to learn and get better. They're easy to coach. Best players I ever had were the easiest ones to coach. And if they didn't understand something, they'd say, Coach, Show me what you mean by this. It's 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 really it's really uh, funny that not only the best players I've ever had, the hardest workers, but they were probably the best communicators, even if they weren't big talkers. And when saying that, you got to have dialogue with these kids. You know, you're you're their coach slash big brother slash father figure. And sometimes when you're dealing with kids, it can't always be about basketball. Sometimes you just have to. Hey, what's going on in your life? If there's not trust there, then you trying to teach those kids something is really it's just in vain. No, that makes sense. Um, again, it's something that I I think you know. So as fans, we watch the game, and all we're thinking about is basketball. We think that practice and the time we see them on the court is their life. But like you just said, they've got school, they've got girlfriends, they've got family. It, there's other things, and so it's nice that, like you said, you've been a student athlete. You've been, you've played at the next level. You played for Coach Hugs. There's so much you can impart that maybe other guys can't. And speaking of that, you talked about recruiting. The fact that you do a lot of recruiting, and Coach Hugs trusts you to do that. In your 13 years of coaching, how has recruiting changed? Wow. Uh, I think social media has changed it more. Back when I first started, um, the, the internet was big. Obviously, my first year was 2006, 2007 with, at Kansas State, and it was big. But now it's like if you have a kid's Twitter handle or I don't do Instagram, but if you look at their Twitter page, hey, the kids will basically be telling you information that 10 years ago you had to either get through them on the phone or get from some third party. So social media 
has really opened up um, kids, if you will, their opinion and their mindset. But at the end of the day, whether it's Twitter or their mom or their dad, the way you get kids to come to your school is you develop a relationship with them to where they and their parents feel like, I trust this guy. I, as parents, I trust this guy to look after my son. And as kids, hey, I trust this coach through the process. I believe what he's saying because all coaches say the same thing. You can get a degree from any university and it's really the same thing. It's how do you connect with these kids and their parents. And once you do that, that's really winning when it comes to uh, recruiting. I love that answer. And I, I, social media was literally the first thing that popped in my mind, but I didn't want to plant any seeds. I wanted you to tell me. The second thing I thought, though, was was AAU. How has AAU influenced um, recruiting for, for you and for just staffs around the country? Well, as AAU has changed since my first year in the business because back then there weren't as many teams. There was probably a third, maybe a quarter of the teams back in 2006, 2007, and AAU basketball used to be really good, really competitive. Now it's oversaturated. You don't know if a kid can play or if he's just on a bad team. Uh, Obviously, we're enamored by guys that score a lot, but if you're on an AAU team, you might be on an AAU team where the coach, you have the green light, so you're putting up 30. Well, that doesn't necessarily translate to college because at college, you're not going to have the green light. You're going to come in (laughs) as a freshman, and you're going to have to work up the pecking order. So, uh you have to watch AAU and go to those games because it's a necessary evil. But sometimes I tend to get more out of going to the kid's school, watching them practice, watching them interact with his coach, because the high school coach most of the time is around the kid. He works at the high school, so he interacts with the kid. He can be honest, hey, is this kid a good kid? Does he go to class? Does he miss class? So uh, you, you need AAU as much as you need uh, to see him in high school. But personally, as I've gotten older, I put a lot more emphasis on seeing a kid in a in a high school setting as opposed to AAU because it's it's way too many teams if you ask me. You need to cut the amount of teams in half and I think the the product would be better. I can tell you right now, if you need some insight on some kids, you can tell me because I follow all those kids you guys follow that you guys are looking at on Snapchat, on Instagram, on Twitter, and they like you said, they tell you everything you need to know. So if you if you need something, text me. I can tell you. I sure will. I sure will. <laughs> the other thing that I think is that I think uh is interesting is the way that Coach Huggins changed his philosophy depending on personnel, he was able to reinvent West Virginia, reinvent them into Press Virginia. It's not working the way we're used to this season. It's a frustrating season as fans. It cannot possibly be more frustrating for us than it is for Coach Huggins as he so colorfully let us know when we had him on the last time. For you, how do you go through these periods of transition? You know what? We knew there was going to be a, a transition period when you lose a Javon Carter and a Daxter Miles. Probably, the, I don't know, maybe the two most winningest guards in WVU history. Yeah. And so you bring in recruits. And although we didn't think those recruits were going to log as many minutes as they do now, what's really changed, I don't want to say changed, but it's affected our team, is obviously not having the best defensive player in America on the team. Yeah. Because – as good as Javon and Dax were on the press, they always knew they, well, two of the, their, their four years, two of their four years, they always had sags back there to block shots. And when you have that safety blanket back there, you can take more chances and be a little bit more aggressive. Well, this year, not only are we giving up straight line drives, but we don't have veterans controlling the ball. And some games 
we've had in excess of 20 plus turnovers, which I don't think that ever happened in Javon Carter's four years. Maybe it did. I, I just, I'd have to check this out, but I don't think that ever happened. So if you're not turning the other team over and you're turning it over, it's almost impossible to win whether you're at home or away. Yeah, it's a pretty simple formula. If you're not making any money and you keep spending money, you're going to be bankrupt before you know it. So, I mean, it's not complicated. Uh, I, I was impressed. We we had 26 turnovers against Pitt, and we still won. So I want to say this to you, just so you know, from a fan's perspective, we beat Kansas, we beat Oklahoma, and we beat Pitt. For us, this is it, it's a, it is a successful season, even though we did not reach our ultimate goals. We reached the fallback goals. You got to beat Pitt. Got to win the backyard brawl. Beat the Jayhawks when you get the chance and beat those Sooners because we haven't been able to do it in football yet. Right. Well, it against the Pitt, one of the reasons we were able to win that game was once again because Sags was back there and I think he had seven blocks. So, yeah, we turned it over, but our press that day, to me, was probably the best our press has been all year. They were in the passing lane. They were speeding them up. Now, toward the end of the game, uh, we got sloppy with the ball and they pressed us. But to me, the pit game was probably the best our press has been all year. And I think we pressed from start to finish, which maybe we did that against Buffalo and some of those other teams. But I can't remember the last time we pressed from tip off till uh, triple zeros hit the clock. So uh, it's not the season we, we foresaw. But injuries happen, and sometimes it takes guys that you bring in, first-year guys, a little bit longer to acclimate to college basketball. But we still have eight games left. So eight games against eight conference teams, we de- we can determine what, what we do from here on out. And, and I think after watching the Big 12, any of the ten te- nine teams in the Big 12, they're all beatable. I think we've seen that if you've watched the conference uh, as the year has progressed. Well, listen, I already predicted we're going to win the Big 12 Conference Championship, uh, uh, Tournament Championship, and then we're going to win the National Championship. So don't worry about that. You guys just focus on what you got to do. I already made the prediction, so we're good there. We're good, then. Yeah, tell the guys, tell the guys too, so they know. You got to believe first. No doubt, no doubt. You got to believe to achieve. That's right. So we can stop talking about basketball for a second. I'm going to, I'm going to give you three questions that we ask every person who comes on the show. Again, Huggins was less than enthused to answer him. Gordon Gee gave us a little bit of hesitation on one of them, but the rest he was happy to answer. Um, and Senator Joe Manchin was able to answer those, even though we weren't able to record it. So here we go. You ready? Yeah. What is the best Pop-Tart? I can't answer that because I'm not a Pop-Tart guy. I'm, I think I had Pop-Tarts once when I was little, and I didn't like them. I haven't had it since. But if you force me to eat one... Is there a cherry Pop-Tart? Yeah, there is a cherry. You know what? The funny thing about it, <laughs> there is a cherry Pop-Tart. There's a cherry Pop-Tart. This is the third interview in a row where somebody chose cherry. The third in a row. And I don't think anybody has chosen it before these three in a row. And Gordon Gee gave us the same answer. He said, Pop-Tarts? I don't eat Pop-Tarts. So, all right. Let's, we'll try again. What's the best fast food French fry? Do you eat fast food French fries? What you got for me? Best fast food French fry? Wow, good question. Either, to me, Penn Station or Five Guys. Okay, you got to pick one, man. Penn Station or Five Guys. Give it to me. Uh, I'm going to go with Penn Station. Penn Station it is. And here's the final one. And this one is the one that is the most contentious between my brother and I. Because early on we had a debate. It was one of our first shows is how we developed these questions. 
Lion King or Toy Story? Which movie is better? I've never seen Toy Story, so I'm gonna have to go with Lion King. <laughs> You're the first person I think that said that you've never seen Toy Story. Kim Webster said she'd never seen Lion King, so that's the first one. He's gonna be proud of this one. So, you, so you gave him a win today. Yeah, good, good. I, I have a six-year-old daughter, so I probably should have seen Toy Story, but that's one of the ones I haven't seen, and I know I've heard many people talk about it. So maybe one of these times when the season's over, I'll sit down and watch Toy Story with my daughter. You got, uh, is it Amaya, Elena, and Erica? Yeah, Erica's a six-year-old. Okay, so so tell us what she thinks when you sit down and watch it. The new one's got, there's Toy Story 4 is coming out, so you got to catch up, man. I do, I do have to catch up, and most of the time when I get free time and I'm with her, and, you know, it's kind of like whatever she wants to watch, I'll watch, and most of the time I make it through. Sometimes Dad is sleeping by the time <laughs> the, the movie is, so... I'm a, I'm a big fan with her and going to the movies. You know, I, we could all sit home and watch it. Let's go out, watch a movie, get some popcorn, fill it up with butter, let her have a bunch of sweets, and we'd say, hey, we aren't going to tell mom what we what we did today. We just tell her we we didn't eat anything at the movies. Of course not. I got a six year old and eight year old, and I, I live by the same philosophy. So the season the season takes me away from my family so much that really when the season ends. And I have those months when you can't be recruiting. That's that's open game for them to do whatever. I'm originally from Southern California. We what? go back there. We go to Tennessee. It's really up to them. That's 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 the least I can do with all the time I'm I'm out of the house. West Covina, right? That's right. So last, qu- I'm gonna add you an extra question since you brought up the West Side. Is it Tupac or Biggie? Oh, no doubt, Tupac, man. That's the best rapper ever. Oh. I don't even listen to the stuff these kids listen to nowadays because one, I can't understand what they're saying. I said, man, dude. Is there a political view in this at all? <laughs> talking about stuff that would advance our people. And hey, all these guys talked about is bling and women and, you know. not Ke- You, you got to check out Kendrick and Cole. They're not like that, man. Even the old heads respect them. They're legit, man. I do like what they do. Yeah, I do. I do like Kendrick and Cole. Yeah, I do. All right, well, Coach Martin, we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for giving us your time. We know it's precious this time of year, especially uh, you were so great in person. You were just as good on this interview. We look forward to nothing but continued success for you and for our West Virginia Mountaineers. Um, and we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you. And anytime you want to have me, man, I'd be glad to do your show. You're a, you're a brother doing the right thing. And, you know, anytime I can help, you let me know, man. Just give me, as I said, give me a day's notice and I'll be on this show. Uh, no problem. No, no matter where I'm at in America. Thank you so much. Right, Just want to let you guys know the Raspy Voice Kids will be live in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, a.k.a. Charleston, South Carolina, at the Charleston Sports Pub for the RVK Live Tour. We will be hosting for the Kansas State game on November the 16th. If you're in the area, be there. If you're not, fly there, drive there, whatever you're going to do. It's going to be a blast. Right now, I would like to thank those that sponsor us, the Low Country Ears being a part of making this all happen at the Charleston Sports Pub. We also want to thank the king of the fat sandwich located on 708 Beechhurst Avenue in Morgantown, West Virginia. That's George Daniels. That's Chris Truck Neeld. Sandwich University. Sandwich you to those that are initiated. We also want to show love and give props to Astork Auto. They are the best brand, the best car dealership in all of West Virginia. If you don't know, you need to know the man with the plan is Jamie Spears. When you want to be treated with loyalty, dignity, and respect, and you want to ride in style, Jamie Spears, Astorg Auto of Charleston. We're also brought to you by Shrinkables. If Jeremy was here, he would say, Shrinkables. And we are brought to you by the Pizza Place of Morgantown. 
the best slice, the best pie. It doesn't matter the price, guys. It's fantastic. It'll change your life. If you haven't had it, you need to get there. Shout to Michael. Shout to Luca. Show love to the RVK. We're showing it right back. And finally, we're brought to you by Swilled Dog. Swilled Dog, the finest hard cider in all of the world. Showing love to Brooke and Brad Glover. And we encourage you to get swilled. Responsibly, of course. And, of course, we want to make sure that everyone knows that we love Mr. Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman, international world traveler. He's in Australia at the moment as we speak. If he's not, he will be. But anyway, shout to him. Shout out to everybody. We love y'all. Thank y'all. You guys make us go. It's time to talk about the RVK Coaches Royal Rumble. Y'all didn't really care, let's be honest. The winner was Charlie Strong. I should have told y'all that from the beginning. Jeremy tried to bring Mario Cristobal. Pat Fitzgerald and Charlie might have been a better battle, but Charlie won pretty comfortably. That's that. Speaking of real Royal Rumbles, Issa Ahmad and Wes Harris in some sort of tussle with Coach Bobby Huggins, not physically, but they were tossed over the top rope, yes. and they are no longer basketball players at West Virginia. Ousted. They are still enrolled as students. So good for them on that part. Yes. Hopefully they'll continue to get their education. Maybe they'll be able to play overseas at the least. At best, or at, at best they'll be able to play in um, – oh, sorry, at best they'll play in another league with their degrees. Well, it's still not known whether next year Wes is off the team still. Like, well, you, that's true. Wes you come back, but East is a senior. East is a senior. Which means there's not going to be a senior night, Jeremy. Is he oh, the only senior? I wonder when the last time West Virginia University men's basketball didn't Whoa. have a senior night. Whoa. Um, but, but what I'm serious about is guys who aren't going to make it to the league need to make sure they have their education. It's what's going to further you. Having that piece of paper may seem insignificant, but it's very significant for young men. It, uh, young men especially, but young men and women both. Uh, so I hope they're able to continue to learn from this and to get their degree. I'm grateful for the things that they gave to West Virginia University. But if I'm being honest... I feel like this is long overdue. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you kind of see it coming. I mean, this is not uh, Ahmad's first time being suspended. He was suspended for the first half of the year last year. Yep, in, it, in an important season where we had uh, we had aspirations for a national championship. That's right, and, but he, he has done a lot for West Virginia University. He started 104 of 112 games. He was the third leading scorer this year, and uh, he's a which he, doesn't make any sense. And he's a 53rd member of the Thousand Point Club. Yeah, so it, it's one of them things where this is. I'm not going to say, like, we're, we're not going anywhere this year. We're not winning anything this year. Not we're now. not going to any tournaments, and we weren't anywhere anyway, even with them. But to lose two <laughs> starters is, is significant and is pre- pretty much unprecedented. I've never heard of two starters just immediately just being tossed well, from, from, from the squad. That's what gets me. What gets me is the fact that it didn't happen before the season. You would think that if they had attitudes or issues, you'd know about it before the season. When Issa got suspended last year, we knew before the season. As far as... Uh, and otherwise, it usually happens after the season, unless it's something terribly egregious. So that's what I'm curious about. A lot of people speculating that it's the marijuana, like they tested positive for marijuana. There was that fake report that came out with the Metro News logo that said that they got in a fight making fun of Bob Huggins' little I- general commercial. <laughs> and did you not see that? I saw that. And that they were throwing pepperoni rolls at each other and uh, making fun of Hugs. And that then and then Hugs found out they were injecting marijuana in their legs, all bogus, all a hoax. 
Um, maybe you know, I don't. Whoever wrote that is not from Metro News. But that's not a real story. Um, it did make me chuckle a little bit because I thought, what in the world is going on in Morgantown? Um, but no, one thing Mike Casaza noted was this was this was not this was not a suspension by Bob Hawkins. It was not a violation of team rules. It was a violation of of the athletic department's rules. So. It, it's hard to parcel out exactly what happened. The truth always comes out. The details are already leaking out for some people. Um, what I said I think is overdue is you said Isam Mod's the third leading scorer. Isam Mod was a four-star when he came in. He started 100 games or about 100 games when he came in this season after being suspended for half a season last year. This was his year to be the leader. Early on, he got they sat him down for an entire half because of his lack of effort. You can't do that. I'm okay with you not being a great ball player. I'm okay with you making mistakes. I'm not okay with a lack of effort. Lack of effort is never okay. And and here's the difference between winning ball clubs and, and ball clubs that stink. When you're at this point and you stink, you can let a lot of stuff – I mean, you can't let a lot of stuff go. No. Any little thing. Now, if you're winning and your your squad is dominating and the dude is playing well, that's Win, something that, – Winning that's, cures everything. It cures everything. When but what, at this point of the year, when you're getting beat, what, last six games we've lost by double digits – Double 20, yeah. digits. But, but the thing I'll say, Jeremy, is a lot of people are going to say, well, why weren't you saying this before? Jeremy and I have a strict policy. We don't bash coaches or players that are on our team. These guys are not on the team anymore, so we're going to be honest about it. We're not bashing them. We're being honest. And again, I wish no ill will towards them. I hope nothing but the best for them. Yeah. But Issa, when Issa would have good games, people would say, where's the Issa hater, haters now? And for me, Issa having good games was not, uh, uh, was not something that exonerated him. It indicted him. It showed that he had the ability, and I that when that, he didn't do it, it was because he didn't want to. No, this is this, and is I just, can't understand not wanting to. This is what I, me and me and Sweeze had debates about this. <laughs> Shout out to Jim Sweezy. Me and Sweezy had having because he sat right behind me at the basketball games, so you know he would say his feeling on East, and my feelings were always East has this ability that nobody else on the team has. Nope, he's strong. He's quick. He can take it to the cup. He can hit a shot. He can he, palm the ball. He had, yeah, he had the worst uh, uh, thing. Thing I don't really like, he had potential. Yep, you potential always, you that, always rail on this. Potential that nobody else had. And the thing I don't like about potential is it means nothing if it's not realized. And with Issa, at times he would realize it, and then at times you'd be like, where's Issa? And, and that's the thing. There was no consistency. So now you add in some kind of breaking team rules, and it makes sense that Huggins was just done. Huggins, like I said, the little article I wrote, Huggins with people who are hard-nosed, who go out there and worked hard to build themselves, to build their craft, to get better each and every year. And if you're not given that and we're not winning, that's a perfect combination for, you know, you to get ousted if, if you make mistakes. Now, what it was, I'm not sure. But obviously, it's significant enough to, to get ousted. And I'm going to add another layer to this. Issa Mod was one of the offenders for the guys on the team who would celebrate their success regardless of the fact that the team lost. So we lose a game, but it's the same game that Issa becomes a part of the 1,000-point club. I believe it was the same game. But Issa's posting it. Um, and there are other guys who do the same thing. Wes Harris, I don't really remember doing this. I don't know. I don't like celebrating personal accomplishments when you're in the middle of a terrible season and nothing needs to happen but get better. But you know what? I will Jordan say McCabe. Now, 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 I will say this. Let's say you don't have a future. In the NBA. Let's say you do lose the game. You scored 1,000 points, which is a big uh, uh, big moment in your life. Later on, it's not going to be as, as big of a deal as it was right there in the moment. So I can see how a 19, 18-year-old kid would want to, you know, appreciate what he did in the moment. That's all I'm saying. 
please understand, Issa's not 18. Issa's yeah. not 19. Issa has a child. Issa, Issa thinks he's going At to the most, league. Issa's Issa 23. Thinks, Issa thinks he's going to the league. That's my whole thing. Is like, Issa, that's not what leaders do, Jeremy. And he wasn't the only one. There are other guys. I won't but say their names. But we don't know he's not a leader. I won't say their names. That's the problem I had. I won't say their names because they're still on the team. Wes Harris, on the other part, he had a temper problem. And I know Hurt Hater loves, loves the grit. He wants to see people fighting. He liked the Logan route trip. I don't like stuff like that. I like grit. I like hustle. I like heart. I like standing up to people and not letting them yeah, push not you around. Knock back down. Being I don't fierce, like yeah. diving on people and punching them. What you're trying to say is you like that fire, that toughness, but you don't like dirty people. Exactly. And my thing, too, is this is not 1954. You can't get away with that kind of stuff. It's on camera. They review flagrant fouls. What are you doing? At the very least, you're unintelligent. At the very worst, you have a temper you can't control. I don't think he's a stupid individual, but he had a low basketball IQ. This team so far has not shown a high basketball IQ. I don't IQ. know about, like, I like Wes's game. I feel I like, like his game, the, too. The, the, there was times, but I think you hit it more on the head just saying he has a temper issue. Well, we know because he got in an altercation with the motors. I'm not saying that was I'm, his and fault. By the way, and I'm not saying that that's I'm, IQ. I'm not saying it was his fault, but I'm saying how many times have you gotten out of your car and been in a fight with somebody on the road? Or, punch, been, or punched been, a fan on, on, on... Or punched a fan. I forgot about Texas Tech last year. Punching a fan. No, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know if he has low ba- basketball IQ. I, I don't know if I had a he problem with He has low basketball that. IQ because when you hit somebody, when you dive on them, it gives the other team two shots in the ball. Yeah, when you dive on him. I don't that, know. That affects has, your team. I honestly don't know if he has low basketball IQ, but I do know he has anger issues. 100%. I do know he has anger issues. So, you know, that's our little view on those guys. But again, to reiterate, as human beings, I want nothing but the best for them. I want those guys to graduate in their respective classes with their degrees. I want them to look back on their life and say, I made the most of who and what I am for their family, for their children that they have or to be. And I want them to be proud of the time they spent as Mountaineers and that this will all be under the bridge. I hope Wes Harris is able to get his life together and come back next year. I hope Issa because I my goal would be Issa to be number one pick. You know, if that was up to me, I really genuinely feel that way. I don't have ill will towards them, but I'm going to keep it real. Those are the things that I observed, and I hope that it changes. You put Andrew Gordon, you're next up. I want to see Derek Culver, the, both young guys, Culver being a freshman. McCabe has sounded the most like a leader as a true freshman. Beadle has tried really hard, but it's, it's just not who he is, I don't think. Um, he's got heart, though, and he's got a lot of talent. We're going to see what we're going to do going forward, but this season's a wash. This is all, like you said, this is an audition. This is an open tryout for next year. Yep. Rat me, boys! Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. You're back with the Raspy Voice Kids, the RVK Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. and Fiend Phoenix, and we have the 12th head golf coach for WVU, Mr. Sean Kovich. Sean, thank you for coming back on with the Raspy Voice Kids. Hey, I'm glad you guys invited me on. I must have uh, not done awful the first time, so I'm getting a second shot at it. Well, plus, well, no, plus I wasn't here, so I had to have you back. There we go. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm looking forward to talking to both you guys and appreciate all you do uh, covering West Virginia and keeping all the fans entertained. 
Well, I'll tell you, to be honest, I wasn't going to have you back on. Uh, you were great. Everybody loved the line about, I got to talk to you because my wife won't talk to me. That's a, that's a classic yeah, RVK. So good, so good. A classic line in RVK history. Uh, but I, I was like, you know what? We've moved on. We've, we're on to bigger and better things. But then I saw you come through in the PJ, and I'm not talking about pajamas, Sean Kovich riding clean in the private jet with the golf team. And I said, you know what? Why don't we have him back on the show? Right. Well, you originally you wanted to do this show on the airplane, which is your way of getting on the airplane. We just couldn't time it out. So nope. we had to follow it after the trip. But maybe next year. Yeah. Uh, no, you said originally, but that is currently what I would like to do. So <laughs> because let's be honest, Sean, who is flying with you guys covering, getting the candidates, getting the real scoop behind the scenes with men's, men's uh, golf? Add that fire to West Virginia golf. We got to bring the heat. Yeah, it's supposed to be you guys. You're supposed to be there 24 seven, kind of like the Golf Channel. Yeah. You know? And but now, all joking aside, like with our schedule, believe me, I got a lot of volunteers that want to help me coach. <laughs> we're going to Gainesville, we're going to Tallahassee, we're going to Charleston, South Carolina. You know, we've been to Hawaii. We go to Orlando. We're hosting at the Greenbrier. Like, I get a lot of volunteers in the spring, especially when the weather's uh, kind of sketchy in Morgantown. Yeah, no, I believe it. Now, are, do you believe in numerology at all? Uh, if I knew what that was, I might, but uh, well, some, I don't know what you tell me. Some people look into the coordination of numbers, and they, they think it tells a tale. You're the 12th golf coach at WVU. Shane Lyons is the 12th AD at WVU. Is there any connection? Do you think there's anything that – are we? is there greatness on the on the horizon because of that? Ah, well, I, I hope so. I mean, he's about 12 feet taller than I am. I know that much. <laughs> Big um, but, no, I just – I didn't know I was the 12. I just know I was the first in 33 years. So uh, I need to go meet number 11. You know, maybe we can uh, <laughs> share some notes. While you still can. While. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing is, you were born March 13th. I'm a March baby, March 5th. Jeremy's March 27th. Is there a connection between the RVK and Sean Kovic because of that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the best babies are born in March. That's for sure. Without ah, question. Man. Without question. Um, but let's get down to real things. The golf team has made tremendous strides. You've done wonderful things. I talked to Mike Herrera, who uh, covers WVU all the way in Spain, and he coaches golf there, and he's talked about what he thinks about your program. He's got a lot of positive things to say, nothing but good things to say about you as a coach. Where is West Virginia University men's golf as it stands today? Well, uh, obviously, it's our fourth year uh, competing since we brought the program back. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but there's, there's 299 Division One men's golf teams, uh, 299 teams. And the first year, uh, which was 2015-16, we were ranked about 180th, I believe. And then the second year, we were about 120th. Last year, we were 90th. And currently, right now, as of today, I think we're 38th uh, in the country. So every year, we're just getting better and better. And that's uh, a lot to do with, uh, obviously, recruiting and our strength of schedule and just the guys just getting better. Um, a lot of a lot of credit goes to my assistant coach and developing the guys. And um, so, hey, every year we get better, which is good, uh, and excited about the rest of the, this season. I like the humility. I love it. Not, didn't take any credit. I personally uh, like to take as much credit with and do the least work possible, and you seem to be doing the opposite. You do all the work. You're giving all the credit to somebody else. I respect it, though, Coach. I, I respect that golf is back. West Virginia is not no, – people wouldn't think of West Virginia as a golf destination, but Pete Dye 
really is a fantastic golf course. You, there are a lot of people who say good things about it that I hadn't heard before the golf program's resurgence. The Greenbrier is something that is known nationally. There are big-name golfers that are there. And as you mentioned, you're hosting. What's the hardest part about hosting an event like what you'll be having at the Greenbrier? Yeah, uh, well, first of all, the Greenbrier, uh, it's, I mean, it is in West Virginia, obviously, but it's not in Morgantown. So it's, nope. you know, about two and a half, two and a half hour drive uh, from here. So we don't, we don't play it a whole lot. Uh, we do play it some as we travel to other tournaments, maybe Wake Forest or down at uh, UNC Charlotte, or as we kind of travel through the Carolinas of Georgia, we might stop there and practice or have our guys play. So they are somewhat familiar with it, but the when we got the when we got the bid to host the Big Twelve, the conference states that no team, even the host team, can play there a year in advance. So which means the last uh, twelve months, well, really about ten months, we hadn't been able to play uh, that golf course. But luckily, the year before, uh, our guys got down there a lot, so we were able to play it. So I mean, one of the challenges is yes, we are quote unquote the host, but it's not a golf course that we play every single day. So we're going to have to, while we have some familiarity with it, we're still going to have to get used to the green speeds and, you know, the, the whole locations and things like that when we get down there. But luckily, we have seen it before. Uh, and the other challenge is, I mean, we're playing the, the best teams in the country. I mean, Oklahoma State's the defending national champion, number one in the country. Yeah. Uh, they have two guys on our team that are, probably going to turn pro uh, after this year. Uh, Matt Wolf, who just played in the PJ Tour event out in Phoenix, uh, made the cut there. Victor Hovland, who won the U.S. Amateur last year, he'll be playing in the Masters uh, in two months. So they're pretty good. You know, so it's, uh, you got just, them, just, you got just Oklahoma. A yeah, you know, Oklahoma, who won the national championship the year before. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State won it, and then you've got Texas, who won it three years ago. Ugh. So horns down, uh, horns down forever. Yeah. But, but luckily we do get them in West Virginia and, um, you know, Hey, if there's ever a chance for us to to do something crazy, it would be at the Greenbrier and uh, we're looking forward to it. If you're talking about pranks or hijinks and crazy, uh, I got the wink through the phone. So we're on notice coach. We're on notice. Yeah, well, we definitely hope you pull that out. Seems like it's going to be a great uh, scene, especially to be hosted by, uh, by our squad. But we know you play golf with all kinds of uh, the coaches there at WVU. We have this new football staff and Neil Brown. Are you excited to get them out on the green to, to see what they have? All them coaches down from there from Alabama. I've, yeah, I've actually I've had a chance to uh, to talk to Coach Brown, hang out with him a little bit. And first of all, he's he's a great guy, amazing guy, and I mean he totally gets West Virginia, and I'm I'm so excited because I'm I'm a college football fan. I mean, that, to be honest with you, that's why. I came up here, took this job because I grew up, uh, you know, Coach Nealon and the Flying WV and Major Harris, just all the history and tradition uh, with Mountaineer Athletics. And so, and it helps me recruit. You know, when I get kids uh, from other parts of the country, they, they watch this on ESPN. They want to be a part of the Mountaineer atmosphere. They want to come to Mountaineer Field. Uh, eventually, when they get old enough, go to the Blue Light, you know, things like that. But it's uh, – yeah, there's just a lot that goes into it. So, first of all, I'm excited that he's here. He's a great guy. Uh, unfortunately, he says he doesn't have time to play a whole lot of golf because, I mean, he's recruiting, he's coaching, and he's got a young family. He's got young kids. Um, but he does like the game, but I don't know if he's going to get out there a whole lot. 
um, which means I guess I'll still remain the best golfer on staff. <laughs> unless unless you give Nikki Izzo Brown the scorecard, then obviously <laughs> she's going to find a way to win. Don't worry. I was going to go back to who is still the best Brown on campus, Nikki Izzo Brown. <laughs> and I was going to say, I don't care what you say, my, my money's on Nikki. Even though we don't bet, this is college athletics, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, she's going to find a way to win. That's all I can say. I'm not saying she's the best golfer, but give her a scorecard. She'll turn in the lowest score. She's always a champion. She needs to find a way to come on the show. Because the same day I saw you uh, on the field, I saw her. She said she would do it. Her and Carolyn's wed. And then they went ghost on me, man. I feel like I'm dating again. <laughs> they ghosted you. Well, you know, that's, that's uh, not the first time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And it won't be the last. All right, real question, real question. You, you got to pick one of the three. Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, or Phil Mickelson? To, to win or to play with? or Who's the best? Who's Goat the best? status. Goat status. Oh, wow. I mean, gosh, it's uh, that's so that's so hard. First of all, I, I think I'm not going to include Phil. Okay, thank but you. It's, it's so close between. It's so close between Tiger. And Jack, I mean, Jack won 18 majors, and he finished runner-up like a record number of times. Um, but Tiger uh, is basically he's the he's the Michael Jordan of golf. Uh, he he brought so many people to the game of golf, and he still is just amazing. And I mean, I, I feel like they're both T1. I mean, they, they and they respect each other, even though they're different generations. Like Tiger. Uh, was inspired by Jack, and Jack appreciates all Tiger has done. It, it pulls for him to break his records. And I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I hear him say it. I don't believe it. <laughs> well, I mean, he uh, that's what he says, and I believe it. I mean, Jack's just a great champion on and off the golf course. and uh, So I, I'm going to put him T1, but I know all my guys on my team would 100% say Tiger Woods. Um, but – you know, because they're young and they were, they they love Tiger. I do too. He does so much for the game. I mean, you see what he did when he won the Tour Championship uh, this fall. It was on a Sunday during NFL season, and nobody's watching the NFL. They're all watching Tiger. Not win. even me. I was watching Tiger too. Exactly, and that just doesn't happen with anybody else. So, um, I'm getting chills. I'm not even joking. I'm literally getting chills thinking about so who- Tiger on Sunday at the Masters is one of my favorite sports memories of all time. And I can tell you, I have golfed less than five times in my entire life. No, no, I'm talking about the last one that happened a few months ago. Oh, yeah. When Tiger actually won. I'm telling you, football was on, and I've never seen anything like it. Like, every... The roar, man, the roar. No, I... Seriously, that was the most hyped golf match. I was like, look, if golf was like that all the time, I'd be there with golf a little bit more. Let's go back, though. Let's go back. Who's the GOAT, Sean? No, no, I was going to say... Now, now he said that he wasn't going to answer certain questions. So, is this what you talk about when you go around, around the question, round and round? I'm just saying, tied, they're both tied for one, and oh. we can have a T1. All right, we'll let you go with that. I want you to know that our producer, Jordan Dean, uh, shout out to Ty Curry Productions, he is a member of the, of the country club in Athens, which is the first place that Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer ever faced each other. So, a little bit of history there tied in with the Raspy Voice Kids. But um, I'll tell you, of the golfers in this, my brother Mike, who passed away, it'll be a year in March, he used to always say to us, uh, <laughs> we golfed down in, what was that place in Beckley? Oh, the Briar Patch. The Briar Patch. You ever played at the Briar Patch? 
No, I have not. No. Yeah, not surprised. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, we would golf, and Mike was better than us, whether Jeremy would admit it or not. Look, we had one tournament, and I won. That's all I anyway, know. Anyway, so we play, and Mike would always say, I don't know how you guys can afford to golf. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, you lose a ball every <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my one of my favorite King of the Hills episodes is when Bobby is the caddy for Buck Strickland, and Buck Strickland says to one of the guys, he says, "You golf like you're in the army." And the guy says, "What do you mean?" He said, "Left, right, left, right." <laughs> Those are my little, there's a couple little jokes I like from golf. But you say uh, you say Tiger and Jack are tied for first. I say they're tied for second. My money is still on Nikki Izzo Brown. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I agree. And uh, it's funny you brought up the Briar Patch down there, Beckley. We tried to host Big Twelve there for some reason. That did then go through, but then we went to the Greenbrier. But did you tell them the Raspy Voice kids are golf there? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a plaque on number one. Two. <laughs> <laughs> RBK right here. Perfect. We'll I did. I used to have a Titleist hat too with with a mountain. Yeah, you lost. And it, was, it. And it was one of my favorites. I loved seeing the flying WV. On that Tyler's hat. We we have to do a live event. That's one of the things we should do. A live event, uh, maybe in, at, at Beckley, uh, the Greenbrier. Um, and uh, we could do a whole thing. Of course, we wouldn't interrupt. But just to bring just to bring a recognition. Like, I see you and I know who you are. Every time I see you, I know who you are. And he's everywhere, by the way. And when he says he likes West Virginia football, he's not kidding. He posts pictures. He, but also, look at the job he's doing. Look at the, look at the way yes. he's moved up each and every single but year. But people don't know it. If they were saying. doing this in basketball or yes. football, yes. Like, like, he would, like he would be known in every single household. And I think people should pay more attention to Coach Sunahara to um to coach Kovich, to Nikki Izzo Brown, to Marlon LeBlanc, the first black coach in the history of West Virginia athletics, um, and so many others who are doing big things. Coach, I want to ask you one last thing. Since Jeremy brought up basketball, uh, why did Wes and Issa get kicked off the team? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I was uh, I was kidding, just kidding. I was in Florida. Uh, we were practicing. You know, hey, yeah. I was surprised as anybody else. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good um, question, though. Yeah, I'm just teasing. I, I knew, no, I knew he, you were going to He say. had to cut me off. When you said you didn't, you didn't mind any questions, I said, well, okay. We well, go. Ask, we go ask. All right, so I do want to ask, I do wanna ask uh, one last question. We already asked you the Pop-Tart question. We asked you all those questions. We got your answers on file for that. But we do want to know, this is a hotly t- contested uh, question at the moment, does ketchup go on hot dogs? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for not being a ketchup Nazi. Or a hot dog not ketchup and mustard. I'm ketchup and mustard. Like that's just that's me. Yeah, I keep it simple. If I get fancy, I'll put some chili on it. No, no. And we say this only because the hot dog council and sausage. Did you know there was a national hot dog council? I mean, seriously, there is. Did you know that, Coach Kovich? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they, <laughs> and, and they came out and said that grown-ups, adults, do not put ketchup on their hot. Dogs. No one over the age of eighteen, they said, is allowed to do it. And and the woman who said it, her nickname is the Queen of Ween. And that's not a joke. <laughs> but it is a joke, so that's ridiculous. I'm definitely putting ketchup and mustard on mine. Me too. Well, Coach, we know you got a, you got a lot on your slate. We thank you for taking time with us. Always love to get a gold and blue interview with a guy like Coach Kovic. He drives a Mercedes from Astorg Auto. Oh, that's the last question I wanted to ask you. I thought about this. So there was a, there was a study done in the Wall Street Journal that said that the average American would rather talk about their sex life than talk about how much money they make with their coworkers. However, you being okay. you being an employee, I was like, whoa, 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 where's this going? Him, you being a public employee because you work for West Virginia University, which is a public university, a land grant university. Your salary is public. Your perks, your bonuses, all that stuff, from Huggins to Izzo Brown to everybody who who everybody who works for WVU, their salary is public. 
Is that uncomfortable for you? Is that uncomfortable for you? No, because I I'd rather talk about that than my sex life. So yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely talk salary anytime. Well, it's hard. It's hard when your wife won't talk to you. So I get it. Exactly. See, yeah. I mean, it's uh, we're in a dry spell right now. So I can tell you, you know, last, hey, so maybe uh, maybe next year. Last time you were on, you were on your way to Lexington. Where? Tell the people where you're headed this week. Uh, we we actually start the spring uh, season at the University of Florida on February 15th and 16th. Big Invitational there. Florida's been hosting it forever. It's called the Gator Invitational. A lot of good teams from the SEC, ACC. Uh, it's it's going to be really tough. A lot of Southern schools. Uh, we might be the most one of the most Northern schools playing. So it's going to be a challenge. But hey, that's that's why you come to West Virginia. You want to play against the best. So. Uh, we tee it up Saturday and Sunday down there. Well, we won the Civil War, and I believe we're going to win this tournament, Coach. We're proud of you. We thank you for joining us, and uh, let's go Mountaineers. All right, appreciate it. Let's go Mountaineers. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. and Veen Phoenix. We are in the building today to discuss West Virginia promoting the fact that we are the 14th winningest football program in the history of college football. So we posed the question... Well, let me explain more. We're the 14th winningest, winningest program in the history of college football, but we are the winningest program to never win a national championship. We pose the question, is that something that West Virginia University should be happy about, should be proud of, or embarrassed by? Jeremy, what is your answer? I would say for me, because I'm an avid, avid sports fan, and so most of my friends are avid sports fans, I've always looked at it and felt slightly embarrassed. Because we didn't have a national championship in any sport. And a lot of our friends are Buckeye fans, Michigan fans. Kentucky fans. Yes. And basketball. So it was it was always a tough thing. And when you are arguing and battling on Twitter or, or fighting for West Virginia, the first thing they always say is, where's your national championships? Where's your national championships? I don't see. No, come, pretty big coming from a school that's never won a national championship. So for me, I always felt like that was a black mark upon us. Um, so for a long time, and as in long time, I mean – all the way up until today. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it was a black black market. And now, as I really sit here and think about it, if you told the, the, the average person that West Virginia University is the 14th most winning program in the entire uh, in, the, in the entire country, most people are going to be impressed. Most people are going to be like, wow, what a school. And that's the truth, because it is an amazing accomplishment. I say 90% of the people you talk in our conversations and say that to are going to be thoroughly impressed. And all the hard work that went into it, I think it's something that, that we should be proud of and we should be pumping up because everyday average Joe Schmo, they're going to really respect it. And even people, maybe we don't have a national championship, there are still people who are going to show us a lot of respect because of it. Only because of my personal feelings and my personal insecurities uh, and <laughs> Mine too. in the program do I feel like it's a black mark. But that has changed. As of today. 74% of the people we polled said they were proud. Only 26% said they were embarrassed. I'm the mixed bag. I believe that it's something we should be proud of, but not satisfied with. I think there are very few circles, very few circles where we need where we could be embarrassed. If you're at a table with Alabama, Clemson, Florida State, Ohio State, USC, Michigan, then yeah, we're odd man out. It is a little bit emb- embarrassing to not belong at the table. But know that there are very few programs where that table occurs. 
they, the Bleach Report in 2012 put together a list of top, of 25 programs that you'd be surprised to know haven't won a national championship. Virginia Tech's on that list. North Carolina State's on that list. Uh, Purdue Boilermakers are on that list. Louisville Cardinals are on that list. There, there are lots of people that you would call not elite, but they're in a different level. We are firmly in that second tier of, of programs as far as caliber is concerned. Firmly in that. Um, we're, on, to me, up, upper echelon of that second tier. Oklahoma State's never won one. At the point of this article, they have since claimed one that belongs to Army, as Chris Hall will point out to you. We don't count that. Sorry, Pokes. Sorry, Oki Light. Um, so that's where, that's where I am with it personally. I'm proud of what we've accomplished, especially since you look at – when you look at the numbers, 1.8 million people yeah, in West Virginia, and, and people will say, who cares about the size? It's not just that we have 1.8 million people. How much money can you extract from 1.8 million people? How many be, Our biggest employer is Walmart, and I'm not talking about corporate. So what happens is you don't have the same money that the other programs have pouring in. You don't have the same amount of athletes. There are good athletes in West Virginia. We don't have the volume of three, four, five-star athletes. We don't have it because we can't have it. It does not mean we can't have a successful program. We've already proven that we have. Neil Brown promises a new era. The man's piping it up. We love it. We love his enthusiasm. We love his focus. He's won everywhere he's been um, as far as football is concerned. But... It's still not easy to win at Morgantown. It's not easy to win at West Virginia. It's not impossible. What we have done here at West Virginia, it's, I'd, I'd really love to see another program who, who has done it better Yeah. For, for, for the resources that they've had. That's why we say Jack Fleming was a voice. Don Nealon built the brand, and every West Virginian will defend this land. So, it's a mix. Proud and embarrassed. No matter where we live, no matter where we roam, John Denver told the world country roads will take us home. Mountaineer hospitality, you know we gon' shout. As long as you remember how to sing Sweet Caroline. Never capitalize the name, always lowercase p, especially if you love the ears from W. Bobby Huggins is a legend, that's a fact. It is true, and we'll never forget the heart of Coach Stu. This is the RVK, and there's one more bit. No matter what happens, we also hate it. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.